0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new episode of A Yank in a Swede, a Premier League podcast. I'm your Swede, Sebastian Noren. With me, your Yank, Elliot Niblock. As you might be able to tell, I have a bit of a cold, but we'll have to uh, make do because there's a lot of things to talk about after some interesting results here in the Premier League. Elliot, how are you feeling?
1: I'm, I'm well. I had a little cold myself this week, but I think I'm... Sounds like I'm at least a little more past it than you are. Yep. Still lingering cough, but I'm alright.
0: Okay, yeah, no, I haven't been coughing. It's most been uh, uh, really stuffy nose and uh, all that good stuff.
1: Well, I've also enjoyed some of the, uh, you know, the old theories back in uh, England in the early modern period and before. It was like, oh, you go down to Bath to have the atmosphere cure you. Well, we had sunny and seventy-five degrees here this week, so. That probably helped a little Little early February mm, summer preview, I guess.
0: Oh, nice. No, we went from snow to rain, and now it's pouring outside. So. Oh, gross. Yep. Hopefully it doesn't leak through too much on the recording. Uh, God, I thought you were going to say hopefully it doesn't leak through the roof. Like, oh, yeah, no. man, hopefully not. <laughs> nope. The roof should be good. Knock on wood here. Uh so, let's get into it here. We got ourselves a very interesting title race now as Manchester City and Liverpool are sitting on 62 points each. Liverpool does have a game in hand on City, but things got interesting, which is uh what we want. So, uh Liverpool got a 1-1 draw against West Ham, whereas City first defeated Arsenal 3-1 on Sunday, and then beating Everton 2-0 on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, So, game game in hand for Liverpool, but uh, City top of the table at the moment. Yes.
0: If we start off with that game between Man City and Arsenal.
1: Yeah, I mean, this, this was... Did I call it or did I call it? <sighs> yeah, you did. You did. Although, uh, Aguero got the perfect hat trick um, with, you know, the foot, head and arm. Yep. Ugh, gosh. It's, I, okay, let me, let me preface this by saying in no way, shape or form do I think that the better team lost, right? City deserved this win. It's just frustrating from an Arsenal perspective to have that kind of third dagger goal be such an obvious handball. Uh, and I, I think there's no, I mean, you can't, you can argue with it. He scored a goal with his hand. Um, you know, he's sliding on the ground, hard for the referee to see, whatever. VAR takes that goal away, and Arsenal can push for an equalizer, and who knows what happens. Um, but once again, we saw Arsenal carved to pieces. You know, before the game, I was saying to my friend, I'm nervous about Lichtsteiner. I think they're going to get a lot of joy down that left-hand side, and it took all of 45 seconds for that joy down the left to translate into their first goal. Um yeah, City, City played well. They probably didn't need the handball goal to dispatch Arsenal, but it's just a little more frustrating that they got it.
0: Yeah. I mean, we don't talk too much about fantasy on here, but I did put in Sergio Aguero as my captain.
1: And bravo, <laughs> so, bravo.
0: All the points on that one. Uh, another result that I called out, that was Chelsea. 5-0 against Huddersfield. Called out yeah. on two.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they uh, they blew the doors off him, and Iguain with a brace will help kind of erase the forgettable, hopefully, uh, start to his Premier League career from his mind. So, yeah, much better
0: second game for him and for Chelsea, of course, uh, and Liverpool. Like we said, one one draw against West Ham on the road. And uh, Sarumane gave them the lead in the 22nd minute, but then Ant- uh, Miguel Antonio tied things up just six minutes later. Uh, frustrating night for uh, for Liverpool.
1: Yeah, you know, and this is another one, though, that even though they had the Lions' share and then also some Cubs' share of possession as well, nearly three quarters with 74%, uh, and three times as many shots on target, 6-2. to two, Nonetheless, they looked very vulnerable at the back. and the so west ham scored off of a free kick um but they had they had other chances as well uh, but really dis- despite all that despite you know I, me thinking that a draw is probably a fair result for both teams uh, boy the liverpool supporters will be absolutely livid because Rigi was not able to do to west ham what he did to everton earlier in the season and being that super sub last minute winner but He had the last kick of the ball, and it was a golden chance. He was offside. He was definitely offside, but the flag stayed down, and you know, just couldn't couldn't quite get get uh, under it enough, hit it into the ground, and up into Fabianski's arms, and two points dropped from Liverpool.
0: Yeah, I mean, do you see any form of nerves here? Uh, City clearly the more um, experienced team when it comes to winning championships.
1: Well, winning Premier League championships, yes. you know, I, and I, and I think that Klopp likes to point out there are various champions of other leagues, but it's not the same. I mean, they're they're the city are the defending champions, and I, I, I still think that Liverpool could have it in them, but boy, this is this is scary for uh, another collapse. But at the same time, I actually think that this might be good for this Liverpool team. Right. Because if you you look up and you see yourselves in second in early February, that's a lot different than if they'd held that lead and that had slipped for the first time in April. Right. Oh, yeah. And obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not crazy. Right. They still wish they had those that Origi had scored and they had those two points back. Of course they do. Everyone would. But at the same time, you know, maybe kind of weathering this now could be good for their mental fortitude in the long run. But of course nerves are setting in. How, I mean, how could they not, you know? And I, don't, I also don't want to pretend that just because they are defending champions and they've, you know, been there, done that, that nerves won't play a part for City as well. So I think that a lot of, you know, we're going to talk about the upcoming games here in a second, but not to get too much of the cart ahead of the horse, I really think that February 24th, you got to mark your calendars because Liverpool going to Old Trafford, playing a now in-form Manchester United, that really could be a turning point in the season for one direction or the other. If they don't get anything from that game, that's going to be really demoralizing, even though United are in great form, even though it's Old Trafford, even though it's an expensive squad, blah, blah, blah. But that, to me, you know, yeah, okay, right now... It's a bummer, but you've got a game in hand. What do you do at the end of this month in Manchester? Can that be a moment when you put a stamp on your title challenge? Or is that when the other club across Manchester starts to take a firmer grip on this title race? Yeah. Yeah, so Liverpool,
0: they go up against Bournemouth on Saturday, 10 a.m. kickoff for that one. And, um, yeah, it's going to be – I hope this keeps on, though. I want to race all the way in. Yeah. Uh, if we take a look further down, uh, third place, uh, we find Spurs 57 points. They got a nice little cushion down to Chelsea with 50 and then Manchester United 48 and Arsenal 47.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's frustrating for, uh, Arsenal supporters to be sitting in sixth, obviously, um, but I, as, as much as that is definitely the case, I still think it's interesting to try and take a step back and look at where Arsenal Football Club are now versus where they were exactly at this point a year ago under Wenger. Yep. And a year ago, also sixth place, but five more points. We have 47 points to our 42 last. Uh, also, 14 points off of league leaders, City and Liverpool – as opposed to a full 26 points from the top. And I know that City ran away with it last year. Um, Scored five more goals as well. The big thing, though, is that we've conceded the exact same number. We've conceded 34 times, which is precisely the same as it was under Wenger at this point in the year. And the defense continues to be an issue. Now, why, again, why for the life of me they didn't invest in the squad in January I mean I guess they you know funds are tight et cetera, blah 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 whatever you know I know that we could only get a player in on loan but this team has defensive issues and Leno is a good keeper but he's not the great he's not De Gea you know he's not the greatest in the world he's not even he's close to De Gea he's not Courtois um, he's, you know he's not Ederson but he's, he's solid and he could he could improve yet right he's still a young man I I think that this Arsenal football team based on what I've seen I am I'm not convinced that we have what it takes to finish top 4 this year. I hope similar to your hopes I guess for the title race. I just hope we can at least be in the conversation, push for it, you know, maybe have the last two match days if something breaks our way, we could sneak in there. But the combination of on the one hand defensive fragility in general and on the other Uh, injuries throughout the squad but especially at the back we're not going to stop people from scoring we're going to struggle against lower opposition and we're going to show that there is a quality gap between ourselves and teams like Manchester City so I hate to say it but even though that all those stats that I just read show improvement under Emery it's not huge improvement and I think the Europa League is the most again once again as it was last year the most realistic shot for Arsenal to make it into the Champions League, where they desperately need to be.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. I think if you look at the squads of Spurs, Chelsea, Man United, they are stronger than Arsenal. And like you said, if you can't get that you know, really defensive, I don't know what you call, want to call it, lockdown, and really make sure you're not letting in any goals or very, very few Mm-hmm. then yeah you're going to struggle to keep up with those sides
1: and it, yeah i mean and it's yeah, yeah it's it's frustrating um i i don't think and i i hate to say it because i love laurent Koscielny, uh you know all the more so having scored the equalizer short lived though it was this past weekend at the etihad um i honestly i think that the only the only player along that back line who really should have a future as a top-tier Premier League defender is Hector Bellerin. And, of course, he now has an extremely long road back from a terrible injury. Yep. You know, And and Rob Holding, again, Rob Holding has a ceiling to be there. Mavropanos maybe has a ceiling to be there. I've seen more of Holding, so I just can speak better to him. He's a little older. Uh, but, but we need at least... At minimum, one new center half and one new fullback. Maybe even two new center halves and a new fullback. I think Siad Kolosinac is a great wingback. He's not an out-and-out fullback. He's going to get beat. And Nacho Monreal, similar to Laurent Koscielny. You know, there was a time one and a half, two years ago, when I think both Monreal and Koscielny would be on the short list for best left back and center half in the league respectively but it I, I'm saying this as a man in my early 30s myself you know they're both in their early 30s that's when the footballing career begins to decline they're not the future we need i mean we've got to do go to some defensive fire sale and you know buy all the fire because we are getting lit up in the back yeah
0: and i mean kashelni has had his fair share of injuries too so oh
1: yeah yeah and i mean and seeing him Score, coming back from that horrible injury that kept him out of the World Cup, uh, and especially with the kind of chronic Achilles problems that he's had. Again, he's a player that I have a lot of time for. He'll, he will be an Arsenal legend already based on what he's done. If he retired tomorrow, you know he would be that. Um, but we've got a plan for the future. The, the small silver lining that I would try to pull out of this is that, yeah, okay, well, maybe not buying a kind of stretch for a player who's just really not there yet or may never be there in January and saving that money for the summer window. Perhaps that is what we're doing. But (laughs) based on my sample of Arsenal transfer business down the last decade, hard for me to hold my breath on that.
0: Yeah. I mean, best case scenario would be in the summer you go and you buy – at least one proven Premier League center
1: back. Yeah. And And it's going to cost you. You know it's going to cost you. And honestly, it doesn't even have to be a proven Premier League center back, right? Like, I would take a quality early 20s center half from one of the other top leagues in the continent, you know? but And we've recently been uh, linked with uh, Rabia, the uh, midfielder from PSG, but... I'm also a little concerned, and this is the last thing I'll say about Arsenal's transfer business, I am a little concerned in this trend of Emery continuing to just kind of pick up players that he's worked with before. I get that, you know, I, it makes sense, and you, you know how a player works, you've grown to respect them, you want to slot them into the system, you know, you see the, the lads on the training pitch at London Colney, and you think, oh, you know, I, I know the kind of player who we need in this, it's this kind of player, I've seen him, but... It can't just be down to the manager's personal connections. It's the and now that Sven Todd is gone, Rouse needs to step up and you know, we need to, because we're not because we're not. Right? We're not even I say even, but we're not even of the stature of a Liverpool in terms of the depths of our pockets at the moment. You know, having spent so much money on Aubameyang and Wakazette recently, yeah. uh, losing yeah. Ramsey on a free. We don't necessarily have the funds for that proven Premier League defender. So we have to, you know, we have to be the club that discovers those Sesc Fabregases and Thierry Henry's and brings them in. We just need that defensively and very desperately. And I think that you can make an argument that both Nacho Monreal and Laurent Koscielny have been that for Arsenal. But we need, we need at least... Three more players of that caliber coming into their prime rather than leaving it, and even then, even then, we still would not be the best defensive side in the league. Yeah,
0: yeah, let's move on, let's move on over to Manchester United. They took a one-nothing win on the road against Leicester thanks to a goal by Marcus Rashford. So they bounced back after their 2-2 draw against Burnley. It was nice to see them actually, you know, sort of eke out a one-nothing win. It shows. A little, again, that fighting spirit, they'll be able to hold a clean sheet because they have been letting in a, a few more goals than we're used to. Um, but it, again, I'm just so impressed with how they're looking under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer.
1: Yeah. yeah. and again, I'm just putting that cart right in front of the horse. Sorry, buddy. But it makes me all that much more eager to see what happens when Liverpool do come to Old Trafford, uh, and I and you know, I, I expect having come off of a frustrating draw for Liverpool, and you know that salvage point for United, I expect United to go into creative, Craven Cottage and take care of Fulham without too much problem early Saturday morning. Yep. Uh, and I, but I likewise expect Liverpool to handle maybe even blow the doors off Bournemouth, especially playing at Anfield. Uh, but it really is those away fixtures where Liverpool have struggled. And, you know, it, it's probably not the difference to the part of England in which they were playing that saw Origi score against Everton and failed, of course, Everton are cross-town rivals, but, you know, failed to do so uh, at London Stadium against West Ham. But that's, can they do it at Old Trafford? Uh, it's, you know, it's not too early to start getting excited about uh major historic derby at arguably the world, certainly the country's most storied ground that has Premier League title implications.
0: Yeah. No, that would be a fun game. And I, now I'm actually sort of looking forward to it as well. So, <laughs> you know, hey, you know, good. I talked you up. <laughs> yeah. No, but I mean, if you're, if you're looking back prior to Mourinho getting sacked, I would be like, uh, hmm But this is a whole different team and they're playing to their strength, which is nice to see because we've talked about this before, but that was the problem. Mourinho's system, Mourinho's man management, that was the problem. That was a big issue with this team and now he's not there anymore. I'm just wondering if, because we've we've spoken about this when Solskjaer got appointed the injury manager or caretaker Mm -hmm. manager, what will it take for him to earn the full-time gig? And if they, yeah. if they finish fourth and they keep playing this way, the United way, I really don't see why he shouldn't get the job.
1: Well, maybe, the, maybe, the maybe, only the maybe, only answer is yeah. whether or not Zidane has already, you know, got the pen hovering above the paper. Yeah. I, th- I think that's pretty much it. Yeah.
0: I, you
1: mean, know, I, because, I,
0: I understand if you don't want to hand out another five-year deal or whatever, but give him a two-year extension then.
1: Yeah, no, totally fine. And he's a he's a he's not the special one, right? You know, no matter how good his agent is, it's hard for me to imagine that they couldn't get him to sign a contract without that sort of massive parachute payment built no, into it. that They had to pay Mourinho. No, he loves you know? the club. Yeah, I mean, he loves the club, and he's he's having a great streak managing at the highest level he ever has. Uh, The humble one, I would call him. (laughs) There you go. I like that. Um, I still, I have to say, so much of it is kind of unknowable from a fan perspective, because I do think that it has to do with, do they have somebody else lined up? Who is that name? And how big is that name? Uh, Because there's no way that, you know, they haven't already started kind of putting feelers out for the permanent position. You know, it's the... The uh, Glazers and Ed Woodward haven't totally run the club into the ground so much that they don't have one eye on the horizon in that sense. But unless it is Zidane, it would be hard for me to imagine if they finish fourth that they don't, you know. And and the other big issue is, what do they do in the Champions League, right? Uh, And now they're playing, again, think back to what we were talking about just two months ago, immediately prior to Mourinho's firing, It's like, oh, God, PSG are going to come to Old Trafford and blow the doors off them. It's going to be just an absolute slaughter. Well, hang on a second. Suddenly, United are playing with swagger, with, you know, cohesiveness as a team, and PSG are going to arrive without Neymar, their own kind of special one. So suddenly, this, this fixture looks a lot more... Even and interesting than it did a couple months ago.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, I never wish someone ill as far as injuries go. But yeah, I was, a part of me was happy when I saw that Neymar is missing the games.
1: Yeah, I would never even wish injury on Harry Kane. But also, you know, we're all human football fans. When a rival is weakened, you're glad for it. I mean, I think it's possible to be happy to face a weaker team without actively delighting in, you know, the pain and injury of a particular player. I just, I think that's a a false dichotomy. No,
0: it'll be interesting here. Like you said, they have an away trip to Fulham. That's 7.30 a.m. Eastern time kickoff on Saturday. The big fixture, though, Manchester City against Chelsea. That's Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the Etihad. A huge, huge game. And I mean, I think it was good for Chelsea to bounce back the way they did. City, they're flying high now. A couple of good games for them as well. So this will be a very interesting game.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, I think that you got to bet on you got to bet on City, but uh, of course, you know, everybody who wears red up in Liverpool will be cheering for Chelsea. Uh, I I expect. You know, it's funny because my first instinct is to expect a goal fest, and just because of that, I think it's going to be like you know, one 0 city, one one draw, that kind of a game. Mm-hmm. I'll take a one one draw. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna wake up and pour myself uh, coffee and a beer and hope for three two, but
0: uh, one one draw, scoreless draw is fine too. Scoreless, oh God, yeah.
1: That's fine. But you you just really want both of the uh, uh, title contenders to drop points, but I guess that makes sense from a United perspective since they're both arch rivals. Yep.
0: And then see Spurs surging up to the top. Ugh. Boo! Boo! <laughs> oh, it was funny, too, because I saw the uh, photos from uh, the Super Bowl with Harry Kane. Oh, King. God. Yeah. And they are like, oh, Harry Kane with the trophy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, those were those were kind uh, of inevitable digs, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, that's true. A lot of memes going around Liverpool uh, being a little shaky here now too, when they see City at the top for now, at least. Um, but yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, but I mean, this is also like let's remember to just a little under a year ago when Liverpool dumped a surging, seemingly invincible Manchester City out of the Champions League yeah. and went on to drive themselves into the final of that tournament, you know. So uh, it's even though I, I, I take the, the point about not having proven Premier League champions in the squad at Anfield is well taken, it's not as though this is a team that is totally unfamiliar with excelling under pressure against some of the best players in the world. Yeah. Now, of course, you can translate that to the Champions League final, but, you know, the uh, uh, a knockout tournament with a final match is very different than trying to secure that place at the top of the table.
0: Yep, that's true. Uh, I'm going to say also that we do have a London Derby, Crystal Palace against West Ham.
1: Yeah, boy, and, you know, looking up those statistics for Arsenal, it's... Uh, pretty woeful that Crystal Palace have conceded fewer goals than Arsenal this season. Isn't that phenomenal? Yeah,
0: West Ham, they're looking for their fourth consecutive Premier League London derby win since February
1: 1996. Yeah. There we go. And it'll be interesting to see how they uh, come off this match against Liverpool because as much as from a Liverpool perspective, it's certainly two points dropped I mean, they had some chances that they didn't take themselves. So I expect them to show up hungry for this. I think West Ham are able to take all three points
0: away from Palace. Yep. Okay, one last little nugget of stats here. Seven of Alexandre Lacazette's nine Premier League goals this season have been winners. Only Mohamed Salah with eight has scored more winning goals in the competition. Mm I love that. There we go. Gotta love those tidbits. Okay, with that, we're going to bow out. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren. Elliot is Keats was better. And then give one Yank one sweet of fall as well. And we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.